Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. It looks like we are live. It is media is now streaming live. <laughs> Here we go. Fantastic. Technology is working today. Yes, <laughs> which, which a lot of times it doesn't. So yeah. I always got to appreciate what it does. So Kevin D. Turner, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to speak with you. And for, let, let's just jump in and maybe you could tell a little bit about yourself, what you do. And, and then the goal is for the show to really help people out with some really good advice, whether you're looking for a job or enhancing your career. So Kevin, take the stage and tell us all about yourself. Well, Jack, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me here. It's, a, it's quite an honor. I follow a lot of things you do, and I love uh, reading your posts and, and Kensington News and everything else. And so yeah. uh, it's nice to see you and talk with you kind of in person, although we're not really in person, are we? Or yeah, we're kind, kind of wide of. open here on, on live, but uh, very excited to do that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little unique in the sense that my focus is both organizational and personal branding. And it's really about uh, figuring out, you know, what values either an organization or person has and how to bring those forward uh, through social media. And so that's really what I uh, focus on. And then on the personal side, because we're really talking about people uh, finding careers, that's become one of our expertises. And we do everything from, from resumes to LinkedIn uh, profiles into really getting them to understand things like social currency, how to build it, how to digitally network. Um, and through that process, uh, you know, we give a lot away. We give a lot of information away and uh, we're excited to do that. And that's built a lot of great relationships. Um, LinkedIn is one of those interesting places that I have seen what traditionally were competitors become kind of cooperative in the sense. And uh, it's not just in the field I'm in or the field you're in, it's even for the job seekers. Those mm -hmm. that they thought were competitors now can be their best ally if they're willing to do the same for that individual. So I think that paradigm has changed something dramatic and I'm excited about it. It, does, it feels that way for you talking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just, just so I could kind of unpack it a little bit. So would you consider yourself more a brand person, you know, helping people with their brand and marketing or a career coach or, or the two just intertwine. So you don't really define yourself one way or the other. You know, I think, I think they do intertwine. I think okay. to me, you know, the coaching part of it, the writing part of it, the, the understanding of social media, those are all skill sets within somebody who is really helping somebody with personal branding. So you, you yeah. can't really do it without having those uh, pieces. Um, it's not a, uh, a it's not a brochure you put up and then run, right? Because that doesn't do anything. So you have to be skilled in all the other facets of really what makes a personal brand effective and run. And so that's that's really what we focus on. It makes sense. And, and I'm glad it's so interesting because like the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned, hey, you know, we feel we know each other from being online. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you're talking about is that if you build a brand on social media. In, in our case, it's more of LinkedIn in which you and I have got to know each other. Um, and it's weird 
because you do feel like you know someone and you're friends with someone. I'll find myself talking to, you know, my wife and kids. And I'll say, oh, my friend so-and-so. And I think about it. When I use that term in the past, it would be like people you know in person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you do things with in person. But now it's people who you've met online and you've cultivated this relationship. And I think, and I'm curious of what you say that, that if you're really good in branding yourself and marketing yourself online, then you really do become someone's friend and they get to know you or they feel they know you, even if they never met in person. Is that kind of one of the goals maybe to position yourself that way? It absolutely is. I'm a big uh, uh, fan of, of certain books and Bob Berg, one of the authors of uh, The Go-Giver, right? I never we, heard that. What's that? Wait, Bob? Bob Berg, The Go-Giver. Go-Giver, okay. And one of the basis in the books is we buy, right? We mm -hmm. do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And so if you want to do business, and we all have to, right? None of us are multi-billionaires that don't have to work. And even if we were, we'd probably work anyway, right? <laughs> but to really, really get that going, people have to know, like, and trust us. And so that is always part of that kind of that personal brand that you've got to get out there. And, you know, you can't get that out there without giving, right? Without uh, providing value to others, without helping others, you can't build the know, like, and trust. And to me, that's, that's critical. And uh, it's what people have a tendency to forget. Um, we see so many people using tools, automated tools, sales navigator, basically pounding on people saying, no, like, and trust me, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Here's my product, no, like, yeah. and trust me. It yeah. doesn't work ever. Yeah. You know, what, what do we do? We, we hit delete, right? Or, or now we hit report. And hopefully at some point, if enough people report them, they learn their lesson and they, they take a new approach. But I don't know if they're that evolved. <laughs> yeah. but that absolutely is the key yeah and, and before before I, I, I go on if you see me look away i don't mean to be rude but what happens i have my phone here so they kind of give me in case it gets first of all to let me know we were live and then to make sure the sound quality is good the lighting is good or if there people have questions so i just want to let you if i look away i'm not being a jerk no no no, no. I, I completely you you've got so much going on over there kind of like the the wizard of oz right don't yeah. look behind the cur curtain <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, i know but, you're, you're doing everything and you know, I don't know how people do it on live i'm terrible at it so this way i need help i need like air control you know to say okay all right hey you got to do this oh hey you have a question from somebody asking kevin this so that's what it is um so so let's do this because in my in my opinion, what I see happening now is that as we're rolling out the vaccines and it's going kind of slow, uh, I'm concerned that the job market is going to be a little soft for a while. And I hate saying this and people could get mad at me for saying this, but I don't take no pleasure in saying this, but I'm just, I think one of the value people like Kevin and I bring to the table is just kind of being transparent about, hey, how we see things. Maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong, but kind of manage expectations. And so that it may take a while till the companies, till the government, cities, states say, all right, we've inoculated enough people, we feel comfortable to reopen. But in the meanwhile, it might be a little slow going. So in that time period, so people could still be successful, still get interviews, still get jobs, what would you suggest for them to brand themselves, to market themselves, to network on LinkedIn? So that rather than just saying, and we both know this, a lot of people just give up and say, ah, you know what? I wait this long, I'll wait longer and go on the sidelines. To bring them off the sidelines, to get them back in the game, 
what, 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 what do, you, do you have some interesting suggestions for these folks? A, a couple of things, and, and yeah. maybe we, we've got a couple subjects here. One yeah. of them is with all the pressure right now that's on everybody, we're getting tired, we're getting yeah. fatigued, we're getting fatigued. worn out, we're trying to do everything yeah. all the time. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Karl Lagerfeld, and that is, um, you cannot uh, be in the spotlight 24 seven, you know, go and hide and do something for yourself, uh, recharge your batteries. And you have to do that. We have a tendency to forget that. We've got to disconnect from, from work, disconnect from our digital persona, right? And go do something, whether it's, you know, uh, take a walk at the park, uh, read a book under a tree, take the dog out, walk with a significant other. You know, we have to do something that separates our time, you know, minimally, I think an hour a day where we get that energy back, where it's amazing. You could be trying to solve a problem all day long. And because you're in the work atmosphere and you're trying to solve the problem, it never gets solved. And you go for a walk in the park for an hour and bingo. Is that wild how that is? Aha, (laughs) that's it. You know, isn't that, isn't that crazy how that is? I, I, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah, You do something. That fatigue wall down. It's so wild. And you can be creative again. And so if you can do that, if you can schedule that time, it's really critical to do. And, we gotta uh, we, we gotta we gotta track down some I guess neuroscientist or I don't know what you call first people who study the brain like how does that happen <laughs> where you know you're just like like you're saying you go for a walk in the park and all of a sudden the thought pops into your head and you're like oh okay that's the answer I think it goes back to to you're trying too hard yeah you think so it. and that's what it is and and that just creates this kind of you can't solve it okay and as soon as you forget about it is when the real ideas come in. All right, so we don't even need a brain doctor for this. We figured it out. Smarter than that <laughs> Maybe. So we need to figure it out. All right, so you're, all right, I'll go with that. I think that makes sense. You're just, you're, you're relaxing. You're not, cause like you're not, it's like anything else. If you stress too much, like in an interview, sometimes you don't go well. When you like, you drive yourself crazy by stressing out, you come across poorly. But if you go in and you're confident and you're comfortable with yourself, then, then it usually does go pretty well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes, if you have to get to that interview an hour early, don't go in, but go do the same thing. Walk outside, enjoy things a little bit, take the time to take that stress energy out, right? So that when you do go in, you're your best self and you're creative and you're ready to respond. Yeah. Uh, again, we try to run right up to the wall, full energy, and then go do an interview. We're already half wiped out when we're going in. So Take your time, get there early, relax, do something for yourself for, you know, 10, 20 minutes before that interview begins. And you'll go in there in a, a much different shape, both mentally, physically, everything. And it, it makes a huge difference. And you can tell when people do that. Um, you know, some of the best mentors I've had in my career used to go for walks. You know, they'd be like, hey, come walk with me. It was never, let's go and, and have another meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go in that little cubicle room and, and, and do this again. It was always come walk with me. And you would walk and you would talk about, you know, whatever it was, fishing dogs, mm-hmm. uh, a cool car you saw, whatever it was, it didn't matter. But then ultimately it would come back to these great ideas and things would really formulate. And it's that, again, mm-hmm. getting out of what you've kind of forced yourself into every single day to get the job done you got to separate that and you got to take that personal time, you know, and schedule it. So that, I guess that's the first part of that question. 
you know, the, the second part is, you know, in this thought of, of creating your own personal brand, right? And how do you do it? How do you go about it? How much time do you spend on it, right? And, and many people have said, you know what? I am who I am. Everybody knows me and that's fine. And that's okay if those people that know you have a job for you right now, right? Because you got to pay bills. Right. If they don't, then you have to expand that circle, right? right? And that is the beauty of LinkedIn is it's given you global reach to find the opportunity and to have the opportunities find you. So you can put a brochure up there, right? Your, your profile and you can leave it and maybe like winning the, the billion dollar uh, lottery, maybe you'll be the one, but that's not how you pay the bills, right? You've really got to then say, okay, who's my audience? What do they like? Who are they? Who can hire me? Who needs me? Who values my skills, right? You, so you want to know who that is so you can kind of focus your direction. Then you've got to evaluate yourself. What do you do well? And I, I see too often everybody's trying to be the jack of all trades, right? Mm -hmm. I can do everything and anything because that's what companies kind of make us do in a way. But what we don't think about is that that phrase, jack of all trades, that's only half of it, right? The next half, what is the next half? Master of none. That's the full phrase. And so people think that's my brand. I can do everything and anything that you need me to do. But when, you, when they present it that way, it's so wishy-washy that there is almost no value mm -hmm. because I don't want somebody who's a master of nothing, right? I've, I've got a teenage son for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want somebody who can definitely solve my problem. And people always think, well, that's narrowing my focus so much so. But you're not going to get them with this broad presentation of, I can do everything because nobody hires for that individual. That individual is an entrepreneurial CEO, mm -hmm. right? They create their own opportunity. And if that is who you are, then that's maybe the direction you head, you know? But if it's not, if you need to, to work for someone, you've got to figure out, you know, what values do you have? What skills do you have that, first of all, make you happy? as well, right? Because right? those are the ones you want to highlight because that's going to ultimately make you uh, happier in your career. And they should be skills that resonate with companies, right? Because if they don't resonate with a the company, they're not going to pay for it, right? And you kind of have to figure out what that apex is and then build your brand around that. And part of building your brand is not, it's not just the LinkedIn profile because again, that's a brochure, right? And you can make a great brochure. If you can get people to the brochure, you might be able to get them to read and you might be able to get them more interested in you and reach out to you, but you got to get them there. And within LinkedIn, really the only way to get anybody to your profile is to generate interest, right? To provide value, to solve other people's problems and to do it in a way where you're, you're open and giving, right? If you can pull that off, people will come to the profile and they'll find the value. And, uh, you know, to me, that's, probably the biggest bonus about being on LinkedIn is the ability to do that at no charge, right? You can have a free account and accomplish that. Where else can you do that? Everybody else would want to, you know, charge you per click, right? Or per thousand or whatever it is right, right. for that same kind of exposure. But LinkedIn says, here it is, use it. 
it's only a small percentage of that, whatever it is, 750 million uh, people that are on LinkedIn. It's a very small percentage that actually do this on a regular basis. Those are the people yeah. that you notice are transitioning. They're happy. They're finding opportunities. And you look at that and you go, oh, I wish I could be that successful. And you can. The formula isn't difficult, right? If we all have values that we can share, others will find that, will see it and understand it. And that creates that kind of the momentum that takes you forward. And you get better at it, right? The more often you do anything, the better you're going to get. So to me, it's, you know, people have to kind of get over that fear of nobody will want to hear what I want to say, right? It won't have any value. And also don't think you're going to be an overnight success on LinkedIn because you've got something great to say because it takes time. It builds, you know, LinkedIn is uh, in, in many ways technology driven to suppress a lot of great content, you know, to get to even better content, which there, there is out there. And you have to kind of earn that right through the process. And it does take time. So it's not an overnight thing, but it's something that, you know, can be done and fairly quickly as well. There's people who are brilliant at this and I've seen go from, from zero to, you know, 50,000 followers in, you know, a three, four month period. So it can be done, but for most of us, it's going to take time to build. But if we're focused, it's going to be able to move us forward to a place that we want to go. Yeah. So, so for a person, I agree with you because as a recruiter, Kevin, when I'm looking for somebody, the company that's using our services wants us to find that exact fit. So mm -hmm. I, to your point, I'm not looking for this generalist who could do everything. I'm looking for maybe there's like 10 items that they gave and here's what you need. And I have to really hone in on that. And then when I'm looking at profiles, I don't want to spend a lot of time trying to figure out like, what does this person do? To me, it's always great if I'm looking at that profile, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, this person's yeah. like, check, check, check. I can't wait to, you know, contact him or her because I'm, wow, this person's right on target. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so for me and by extension, the company, that's what they want. They want someone who you can look and go, oh yeah, we're looking for, and then they'll fill in all the blanks and this person fits it and that's perfect. Um, so with that in mind, I guess when you're doing your brand, is it kind of, I don't want to say working backwards, but saying, okay, if I'm looking for a job or I'm looking to advance my career, here's what I got to do. Here's what I got to say. And then maybe put together, like how I get the whole brand concept, concept mm -hmm. but like for someone who's starting and not sure what to do, is there well, like I, a game I think plan? It's, first of all, it's based on, you know, where do you want to go? Okay. What does that look like? So if you know what that looks like, right? And you know what skills you have that that opportunity needs, then it's really about writing about those, presenting those. Um, one of the easiest ways to start in the process is not think about writing articles and posts, think about commenting, right? Commenting intelligently and adding value to the process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a great place to begin. And I usually uh, tell people to find, let's say, 20 influencers in their industry, right, or in their market um, that they see as somebody that they respect, that they're sharing good content that you can add to and contribute, right? 
follow them. If you're not connected with them, follow them first. Add to their, their content, right? As they're posting. And ultimately, a relationship should develop if you're doing it correctly. And that's when you can actually connect with that individual. And then you're going to find, you know, you're going to continue to support mm -hmm. them. And then you want to find a new group, right? And, and keep building that. And that's part of, you know, how you're going to fine tune what content that you have to offer is resonating with the market. Two things, you're, you're kind of basically getting exposure to a, a tribe that that individual's already mm -hmm. built, right? That is in your focus. And the other one <clears> is <throat> you're now seeing when you write something, who responds to it? How, how do they respond to it? And then, you know, copy that, put that into a nice folder where this is something I could then build potentially a post from or a poll from or an article, you know, to kind of get right. that moving forward. And, you know, people forget to do that. They write brilliant things and then they move on. And they, you know, two weeks later, I hear them talking about, I know I wrote something about that. What was it? Because everybody liked it. Mm -hmm. Well, again, get in the habit of copying those, putting them into a nice folder, right? Uh, into a document right. so that you can go back and then develop your content from there because it's kind of tested in somebody else's waters, right? So it allows you to kind of really perfect that to move it forward. Interesting. So, so the first thing it would be, let's say, you know, I was one of your clients and I'm looking for a new job and maybe a conserv, um, let's say on Wall Street in a conservative bank. So you probably would say, all right, this is the kind of job. So you want to put yourself out there as an expert in that particular area. So I don't know, let's say I'm a money manager. So you want to put yourself there. And I imagine if you're a money manager, you want to be kind of conservative. You want to come across as smart, knowledgeable, knowing about the economy and so on. So probably to your point, building the brand would be, all right, follow people who are senior level executives at all these different investment banks and hedge funds, what have you, get involved with their conversations, contribute, like dip your, like you said, dip your toe in the water first, and you could like what they do, gives comments. But then when you're adding, you want to see your brand is that, hey, you want to be looked at as a very a serious you know, person, because people are going to trust you, manage your money. So everything you say and write and do, it has to convey that. Does that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and <clears throat> I also would add to that is make sure they, they know you have a personality, right? That yeah. you are a human as well, uh, because we have a tendency sometimes on LinkedIn to be too rigid. Yeah. So you can open up a little bit, you know, but again, keep it in a professional sense. If you if you wouldn't say it, do it in front of your grandmother, don't do it on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. That's kind of a good basic rule. Um, yeah. So, you know, but allow them to know yeah. that you are a person, you've got a little humor, uh, you know, but in the same time, it's very professional. And if you ever do humor, do it about yourself, not others, right? Because you can, uh, you know, do that, get away yeah. with it, nobody yeah. gets upset and people laugh with you. And, you know, so, uh, you know, just a, a thing I think you, you should let a little of that personality out. Why do you think so many people don't do this? Because I've noticed, I'm sure you have too. There's so many people who are either act very actively looking for a job or kind of looking for a job or just want to get noticed and advance with their career, but they don't do much. Or if they do something, it's just so lackluster. It's like, you know, why even bother? I, I think people have been trained that you find a job by applying online only, right. right? Or you find a job by just networking with your close friends. Um, they really don't know this extra piece 
And because they don't know it, they don't have any of their own proof, right? Yeah. But they really should be watching to see those that are doing it right and they're having great success. And, you know, that's kind of a, uh, it's always easy to do what you know, right? There's no fear in it. Uh, I've done it before and it worked before. Times are very different. You know, now when you apply to a position on average, uh, an online position, when you apply, it's going to have about 265 qualified candidates within a couple of days of launch. And that if you think about that, the, the return on application is less than 1% that you'll get chosen to come in as a group of three to five people to interview. Mm -hmm. so you haven't even got the job yet and it's less than 1%. Now there are techniques that you can involve with keywording and, and uh, waiting and, and kind of the approach of making things uh, applicant tracking system uh, compliant. They change that from you know maybe less than 1% to 15 to 25%. You can spend less time applying, more time doing your research, but it's still a small component of how to get that next job. It's, it's kind of, to me, it's a, it's a start point, right? I prefer if I see a, an ad uh, for, for a great position or a great company, or I see a company is expanding, right? You read it in the news, whatever that is. I would want to look at that company and say, who do I know there? If I don't know anybody there, who am I, who am I most like there that I can begin building a relationship with digitally networking, right? And I'm a, I'm a true believer that uh, networking always beats not working. It is uncomfortable, yes. Yeah. But you know what is more uncomfortable? Not working. <laughs> not working. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so networking yeah. always beats not working. Yeah. People need to just yeah. drill that into their head. The opportunity you have now, because you can't go out into a room in most places in the world, unless you're in New Zealand, right? You can't go into a room and shake 30 hands anymore. But you can go on LinkedIn and you can shake thousands of right, hands. which is arguably easier to do it that way than to it be. It is because there, right? there's kind of a, a shield in, in some right? ways in the digital sense. It's so much easier, know? I think, than having to have that awkward going to someone. You have a name tag on. You go, "How are you doing? I'm Jack Kelly. Nice to meet you." And it's so forced, but online, it's kind of easier, I think. Well, absolutely. But again, people, not a lot of people get it yet. Do you but think it's it is, do, you, do you think it's imposter syndrome? Do you think they're shy? Do you think if they're out of work, they're a little embarrassed? A combination of all of these things, or like you said, it's just they're so used to okay, I send a resume, that's how it works, and they have not come to the realization. Because I agree with you, I'm always to the point where I'm thinking at this stage of how the market is going, sending out applications and resumes is probably the last thing. I think the first thing you have to do is like you pointed out, I think you're so darn right about it, is that you want to find what companies you want to work for. How can you find the people at those companies, get it, get on their radar screen and have them champion your cause? Because you have a better, I think the odds are way better, like you said, than sending a resume and they're like hundreds of other resumes, you know, stand out. Yeah. Well, and, and I, your business has changed 10 years ago. If you're recruiting, there was less content to make decisions on, right? There's less of the sharing where you could say, this person actually has the knowledge. It's proven. It's out there, right? Mm -hmm. You were going, you know, profile to profile. They were mm -hmm. static resumes on LinkedIn, and that's how you were comparing your stuff. Now you've got all this additional content that you can say, this person's not just saying they know, they actually know. You can make a value judgment 
on that, right? That changes everything. Now, and I, I always think of that, the old joke, uh, I don't have to uh, outrun the bear, I just have to run faster than you, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna get eaten. Yeah. That's what's going on right now. There are people who get this <clears throat> and they're running fast and the bear is eating everybody else. Don't be yeah. food for the bear, right? Yeah. Look at that and say, I've got to run faster. I've got to embrace this, start using it so that I build that content, that reputation that's out there in the space. So when somebody like Jack goes to look for someone like me, I'm going to be at the top of the list. And that when people figure that value out, you know, it makes a lot more sense, you know, and again, you have to start slowly. It's not a, it's not an overnight uh, success but you can start slowly and build. It's, it's so funny because you, when you're talking about LinkedIn, you know, beginning of LinkedIn, what have you, I, I would get faxes. So this is kind of dating me here. Oh. <laughs> I would come in on Monday morning and there, I'd, I'd run up <clears throat> to the fax machine and the resumes would be there. And you were hoping that the resumes didn't fall all over the floor and then you'd have to kind of <laughs> pick and match it up. So it, it really has evolved so, so much. And it's it's right. If you have your brand and you could kind of say, "Here's who I am," and then you're connect, you know, you know, you're 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 doing the things you're mentioned by networking, getting in front of people, as a recruiter, as an internal, let's say HR kind of talent acquisition recruiter, they're going to remember you. They're going to see you because you're kind of making an imprint. It's almost mm -hmm. the way I look at it. Sometimes, it's if you're doing things, it's like having your own billboard up on the highway. Except the highway is, let's say, LinkedIn or it could be Twitter or wherever, and that. Maybe you notice it, but you don't absorb it, but then you see it again and again and again and again. And after a while, it's like, oh, Kevin, yeah. Yeah, Kevin, you know the, the default it's, answer. It's, it's, <laughs> right, that's how it was so wild how that works. Cause it's okay, cause I keep seeing, you know, let's say I keep seeing you and you know, about, you know, let's say I, I, I would recruit for something called a lot of compliance people. And let's say I see keep seeing you in compliance related searches, compliance related meetups and so on and so on. Then there's a job, I'm like, oh, call Kevin because then I feel I know you and like then it's much easier to say hey Kevin I have this job what do you think let's talk and if you're good for it great if you're not then you might be inclined to say oh Jack you know what this is not right for me or I'm not looking let me introduce you to someone else but having you know seen you again and again and again and making those impressions and to your point you know they would have to be brand enhancing impressions because it could also backfire if oh, there's absolutely. somebody who like you know, you see on social media, there's always that person who could be brilliant and fantastic, but either they're complaining, they're 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 just arguing. Then it's like, uh, do I want to contact this person? Because it's a wild card, and yeah. I'm going to be judged yeah. by my clients by that person. So I'm a little nervous about how they present themselves. So so you have to have that whole package together. Well, and there's even technology now that that is scraping social media. Mm -hmm and rating people on kind of a cultural fit. If you're the person that always argues, yeah. right? The point to get across and you have to win, that becomes part of that kind of digital persona for you. I always mm -hmm. tell people, if you've done that in the past, go clean it up. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully you can add more and it'll go away. You usually can't get rid of it, but you can bury it, right? And change the attitude. But yeah, it, what you've done manually fairly soon is going to be widespread digitally in the sense of, you know, seeing those things and, you know, figuring out what does that mean when, when this person always has the opposite opinion of everybody else and sometimes even contradicts themselves from a prior comment, yeah. right? 
and you see them out there. They're, they just want to argue and be right as opposed to create and add value. It's so and, interesting. You know, that, so that comes into play. It becomes part of their brand. It's so interesting. So like I wrote something about how Biden was doing these executive orders and one was buy American. And then uh, a couple of people give this diatribe. Well, and putting politics aside, this is just kind of an observation because I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I've given up with the parties. I can't take it anymore. I, I just hope, <laughs> I hope someone is like a third party or even a fourth party. But anyway, so he just kind of is bashing and the typical that you see more on Facebook, you know, bashing, bashing. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, why are you doing this? Like, first of all, I'm not going to argue with you because to your point, that's not going to be my brand to be slinging mud back because I'm just going to look bad. So I'm going to take the higher ground and be like, whatever. But if I would to see him and there's a job opening up, there's like zero way I would contact that person because yeah. he doesn't, it doesn't have self-control. He didn't, if you gave a reasoned response, that's one thing, but if it's just, you know, the usual rant and rave, it's like, what, like, how is that going to help you? Why is that going to make you look good? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I could see how those things backfire with someone not even realizing because they're thinking they're right about it, but they don't realize that they just come across very tone deaf. Yeah. I, I think they personally, they need a release. They're, yeah. they're getting that same, we were talking yeah. about that, that frustration. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, for sure. And You're so right. they, yes. they think that social media, yes. especially LinkedIn, is the platform for yeah. that release. You know, and they think it, it you know, yeah. you can do it, feel great about yourself, whatever it is, and you go on, but they're, they're not realizing that there is kind of a tarnish to the reputation, you know, and uh, people don't want people that, you know, it's obvious that they're there just to argue yeah. and to win, yeah. not to listen, to learn. And you can have, uh, you know, varying uh, points. I, um, I had posted something on a, uh, on a LinkedIn post the other day. And somebody saw what I had posted and thought something different and they had, they voiced their opinion. And another person said, this is absolutely the right way to do it. And I watched those two go yeah. back and forth, but they did it in a very professional manner. They were very respectful to each other. I can see what you're saying there. Have you ever thought about it this way? And it was brilliant. Yeah. I've actually captured the screenshots. I'm gonna make a post out of it. and. Right. and praise both of these individuals for the professional debate that they had. And that's what it was. It was a debate. Debates are okay. Yeah. Arguing is not. Right? How funny is that? It's so, it's so rare that it catches yeah. your attention when people are actually being nice to each other and disagreeing politely. That oh, you're I, like, oh I, my loved, God. I followed it all the way through and, and uh, yeah. actually uh, connected with both of them and said, yeah. you know, I don't agree with either one of you, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, refreshing to see. I that, liked yeah. how you presented all yeah. the way through this, and and there was at least three volleys, uh, and yeah. they were they were long. They weren't, you know, uh, blowing each other off. Yeah. You know, in that sense, it, it was just a, a really nice thing to see, and you don't see enough of that no. in the world. And to me, that that shows a value that that individual can have a conversation with somebody who has a different opinion and they can get to a better, more neutral ground. Maybe they don't agree fully at the end, but they get to a better place and they can actually, and they've connected those two because of that, you know, because that was only one piece of who they are, you know, a, a, a small percentage 
they disagreed with, but they were so respectful of each other, they even connected. And I thought that was great, yeah. you know? That's the way things should be. And, and uh, you know, social media to me is um, the, the, the whole concept of social currency, right? You're building this reputation. Um, I always say it's based in the gold standards, right? Of recipro reciprocity, sharing and caring. If you can do those things, right? right. In the way you approach things, that social currency will build. And the beauty of any kind of currency is one day you get to do what? You get to spend, spend it, right? <laughs> For something of value. And, and that's, yeah, right. that's the real concept yeah. here is as you're doing this, you know, the real value is that, that incredible job, right? Or that incredible opportunity, whatever it is, or starting your own business because you've got a group that says, hey, why don't you help me with this, right? And that's the, 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 the process of building that social currency so that you can cash it in. You don't have yeah, to cash you... all of it in, but you, you want to be able to do that. And you can't get there without thinking about, you know, how you treat others in the process. Right. Now, Kevin, would you suggest that people use all the different social medias or depends on your career? I mean, what, what do you think? Because, and then also, if you don't mind, I want to ask you about Clubhouse too, because I know you're, oh, you're, you're getting involved. So would you say just stick with like one social medium or a few? Because it's hard to juggle all those. What's your take? You know, it is. Um, and you can't do them all well, right? right? It's kind of yeah. that going back to jack of all trades. Yeah. You're going to be the social media specialist of all platforms, right? You're going to be the master probably of none. Yeah. So I would say find the platform that fits where you want to go that gives the most opportunity. For most people in business, right, that seems to be LinkedIn right now. And, and you know, so I think that's a, it's a great focus. Um, there are other people that are more into art and, and photography and their social sites for that. And that makes maybe more sense for them to be there. So I think it depends on really what your end goal is and where that audience is interacting. Right. And I, yeah. and I don't suggest people try to be on all social media and, and, you know, continue to push that out there. And, and each platform has a preference to what kind of content, uh, what kind of ways they want to be presented to, you know, they're all very different. So you could be basically kind of re-scrambling the eggs for every single one of them. I don't know if it would, would benefit anybody to be able to, to even attempt to do it. So yeah. I think find the places you're comfortable that your audience is there, that, that they're interacting with you and that can create the opportunity. Right now, I don't think you can be out there if you are unemployed or underemployed or even looking to expand to a different type of opportunity. I don't think you can do that right now without LinkedIn. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's to me, it's like that, the go-to white collar kind of professional network. Although I do see a bit of a change. It seems yeah. where, it's getting a little bit um, more Facebooky she in a way. And then also different types of, you know, folks who I guess because of the pandemic have lost their job and, and migrate, which is kind of neat because then it kind of changes a little bit. And sometimes change is really nice. You know, you have different people, different walks of life, and and uh, it's it's good. Another entrant is Clubhouse. And uh, for the people watching this and who will watch it after you know, we recorded and re-up it and edit and clean it up and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you've been on there. You, you go on there regularly or? You know, or 
if I were to compare it in, in time frame, right. I'd probably spend maybe 10, 15% of my day. With really? Clubhouse. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, but the most of the rest is LinkedIn. Well, you know what? Can you, right. can you, because I, I would imagine a lot of people aren't familiar with Clubhouse and you know it better than I do. I just have a very cursory understanding. Well, how would you describe this new social media platform to folks? Well, you know, and to me, it's interesting because it's it's almost like 90s technology. Like you, you've got mm -hmm. mail, you've got chat room, right? <laughs> yeah. But it came at a perfect time. People are so um, missing contact, right? Mm -hmm. Missing the, the human voice. And so it's talk. So people listening, it's like, you're just having conversations, right? You go in a room. Absolutely. It's like you've entered talking. a room and there's a certain control to it, but you can go in there and you can have conversations. You can raise your hand. You can ask questions. And for many people, they followed people on LinkedIn, but all they've ever really seen is maybe a video, which is a one way, right? Or they've watched a live, which still they're looking from the outside in, or they've read articles. Here is an opportunity to be able to, to basically walk into a room. That's why they call it Clubhouse, right? It has a bunch of rooms and a hallway. You could walk into that room and you can hear people that you have followed for years. You can hear them talking and you can raise your hand, be invited up and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that in itself, uh, yeah. you know, I think it's just powering this whole process because right. people really want to get back to this kind of, you know, talking and, and getting together and, you know, part of Clubhouse, uh, you know, it, it can be very social. There's some late night clubs that, you know, people on the other side are having their uh, adult beverages yeah. and they're telling jokes and, you know, and then there's other sides that are, that are really professional. There's a, there's a whole community of people on Clubhouse that are talking about LinkedIn, how to use LinkedIn, how to make it work for you, mm -hmm. kind of the, the tips and tricks right. of making that work. And, you know, you can study that all day long on LinkedIn, but it's not personalized to you. The message on LinkedIn, it's for everybody, right? So you can actually go in that room and you can hold your hand up and you can ask somebody who is known as a LinkedIn expert or renowned or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they'll answer the question for you. They'll pull mm -hmm. up your profile. They'll talk to you. They'll give you tips and hints. And, you know, if, if you were to pay them for their services, right? right? That could be thousands of dollars, but you're getting it for free through this interaction of Clubhouse. And, you know, I think it's very powerful. One of the beauties of it is there's no recording technically allowed in Clubhouse. So you so don't have to worry. You can uh, kind of a one and done, right? Yeah. You you'd have this conversation just like you would in a regular room. You don't have this fear of going into a networking room and somebody's recording you yeah. when you're making statements, right? So you, you talk more freely, more openly. Uh, more friendly. Um, there's less uh, pretense in the process, and it's just more comfortable. And because of that, and I and I hope that continues on. Um, I think people are sharing things uh, more openly, and I like that. Uh, and then you know, then you leave, and the conversation is done, right? The the terrible thing about it, though, is there's always a conversation going on. And there's some great valuable conversations and some incredible people on that some people are getting so sucked into it, they're spending <laughs> all of their day. Yeah. And I mean, I, I go, I watch notifications come across my screen on my iPhone, right? And I see the same people. They're there from <laughs> six in the morning till 3 a.m. every day. And I don't know how they do it. 
because I don't know how they do a job. Do, do you think they just have it in the background while they're doing other things? Because I love listening to you music. You can tell sometimes that's the fact yeah. because somebody will ask them a question and, and they're not ready. So I think some people just yeah. kind of hang on it. Some people are trying to get the balance, right? But it's really that kind of fear of missing out that they're drawn to it. So I always tell people, you know, be careful. This is just like networking in real life. I, you know, often job seekers will go to uh, job seeker networking groups, mm-hmm. right? You could do that from six in the morning till 3 a.m., right? And all you would end up with is a bunch of networking about job seekers. All right, let me right? Get, so, all right, so, so let me you ask you this. Real work too. Kevin, let me ask your opinion on this. And I, I don't mean to bring this up like to disparage or say, make this sound negative at all. I just, there's a really curious question. There's been such a proliferation of these kind of online meetups, and you would have these people who go to all of them, which is good. But then I wonder, is I don't know, after a while, is that overkill? Just like you said, if you're just doing too much and you need to get out and take a walk. Yeah. What, what, what do you think of that? Now, for some people, I think that's yeah. one of the things that Clubhouse is allowed. Well, that'd be allowed, like off club, like, like just anywhere. Great. Yeah. Now, maybe it's not a break from digital and some people yeah. are so wired, you know, they grew up with, yeah. you know, games in their hand <laughs> yeah. uh, to break digital would be frustrating for them. Yeah. Right. So this is a way that they can break up work and have a conversation with a group of people that they really enjoy. And that might be that, that thing that relieves the fatigue. Right. So again, you've got to figure out what it is for you. And I can tell that there are people that, that are enjoying it for that, that factor alone is that it, it breaks up their, their day. Uh, their I, I, well, I'm not sure. I've met more, like not the clubhouse one, but just the various different types of, you know, meetups that you'll see pop up, you know, advertised on LinkedIn and other places um, where, you know, they'd be job related, career related, job search related. And you could tell they go from one to one, the other. And then I'm not sure after a while is there, is there value to that after a while or they just feel they have to do it? So, you know, a lot of times we just do things because we just get used to doing it. Yeah. Well, I think if, if you're not getting value from yeah. it, whether that value is, yeah. the, is the, the fatigue relief, right? Or yeah. something creative, a thought that's going to help you move forward. If you're not getting that and you're just showing up, just like on any platform, yeah. you know, people call them lurkers, right? They just kind of hang out. Right. And they don't get anything from it. They don't give anything to it. They're wasting their time. Nothing will come from that. You know, nobody looks for the person in the back of the, the room, right? That didn't do anything that nobody contributed anything. Or nobody knew they were there, right? That's kind of what that is. So, you know, if you're not getting value and you're not contributing and you're not, I guess, taking something away from it, then, then it's probably one of those signs that maybe you should let it go, yeah. right? Because again, you've got things you've got to get done. You've got to focus that time towards those. Uh, for some people, they, they look at it as um, I'm, uh, I'm networking to get a new job. Well, if they're not really networking, they're not really See, that's, right? I guess, my, my underlying point. Yeah, because yeah. like, I'll, I'll pop on these because I always like learning and, and, and listening and hearing what ideas people have. Um, but then sometimes, and again, I swear to you, I don't, this might come across crest, but I don't mean it that way at all. But we've all seen this when you look at the people on the call, sometimes they just look, they don't want to be there. They look yeah. miserable. They look sad. They look beaten down. They look, you know, bedraggled. I don't even know if that's a word. And, and <laughs> I like it though. And, and then you start thinking like, 
maybe, maybe just tap out. Cause like you can see you're not in it. And then this goes back to the brand because let's say if I was on a recruiter there kind of scouting, like saying, Hmm, anybody yeah. here that fits what I'm recruiting for, I'd be like, ah, oh, that person doesn't really seem, you know, kind of like an A candidate or an A person. Um, and I almost want to tell these people, hey, you know what, man, just just like maybe just just walk away for a little bit, <laughs> clear it, like you, like the advice you were giving, clear your head, do something else, because yeah. it seems like you're not in it, and it doesn't seem like you're really networking with others. So can't yeah, you spend? It's maybe just, you can spend it's your time. absorbing time at that point. Yeah, and hopefully they realize that and. You know, yeah. do you think uh, it's find another do you, purpose? See, do you think, and again, I'm thinking this out loud because, because as you mentioned, it made me think of all this that maybe because it's same thing with, with applications and resumes, you're just so used to this is what you do, so you do mm -hmm. it. This is a modern version of it because you didn't, you had the old fashioned networking we talked about, but now you have it online, so it's convenient. You log in, you listen, you maybe you go to another one, another one, and then you tell your spouse, Oh, yeah, I was really busy today, I was on these three calls. Yeah, I met, I met a hundred people, yeah. <laughs> and none of them no, know who I am. Right. None of them. <laughs> so from a time management, what would you suggest? What do you think is the best return on the time of branding yourself and networking yourself? If you're, if you're in pure job search mode, right. Mm -hmm. And you're able to identify that audience. Right. Right. And, and you're gaining momentum. You know, I can see somebody spending anywhere from, you know, 30 to 40, maybe even 50% of their day doing that. If it is yielding results. I'm sorry, doing right? what? Doing what part? Uh, out there participating. Okay, in, right, in right. Getting process, involved. Right? Okay. Sharing and, and commenting and, you know, yeah. that. But that's not enough. You've got to then convert, right, that digital connection into the real world. And a lot of people are forgetting to do that. You know, they might connect on LinkedIn, they might continue to comment, but they really need to set that maybe that Zoom call up or, hey, let's meet at Clubhouse, right? And, and talk some more, set up a room, but try to break the, the, the kind of the digital connection in the sense of adding in the personal connection, right? You may not be able to sit down and have a cup of coffee, but there's other ways to do this. And, you know, the, the incredible thing that, that has happened in the last year is there's been a digital transformation that no CMO, CTO, yeah. CEO has ever been able to pull off, right? Hmm. People now who could never use a system like Zoom are experts at it, right? Your grandmother can do it mm -hmm. you know, and, and does it every day. And so things have changed, you know, but people need to, to try to take that, that, that digital connection that they have and really get it as close to reality as possible, right? See, you know, it's so interesting because I'm thinking this through. It's, it, you, you raise such a great point because, all right, you do all the right things. You, you wear, let's say the job you want, and let's take it even if you're not looking, but you want to enhance, you know, your visibility within your industry to do whatever. So you're doing all the things you mentioned before. You're connecting with these people who are, who are kind of thought leaders or big shots in the space, like their stuff, going back and forth. But then you want to convert it. You want to kind of get that relationship going. And I'm thinking about it, that got to be a little hard to do because <clears throat> then you're like, I might be too forward. I might be too pushy. So I could see why people have like I, what I've done. And in a way, 
maybe any, you know, is like doing what you and I are doing. You know what I mean? If I bump into or see somebody who, who looks like they have a lot of value to add and, and what have you to say, hey, let's, let's jump on a LinkedIn and we can talk. But if you're just, if you don't have that, like how can you, what, what can you do that's not weird or awkward? And, and part of that is as opposed to, you know, let's, let's have a Zoom call, right? I guess that's what, I guess, that's, yeah. You just that's want... real direct on. You can make, hey, do you ever do yeah. Zoom calls, right? Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes the, the, the wording in your approach, right, that can make the difference. And the other person yeah. thinks, I never do Zoom, but I do yeah. Clubhouse. Or, yeah. you know, I don't do Zoom, but I wouldn't mind getting on a phone call with you, right? So by not saying, let's do this, in, in the essence, asking, do you ever, yeah. you know, have conversations in this way? You're setting it up so they don't have to say no. They can give you alternatives, right? And I think that's a big piece of it. People have a tendency to good to be too direct because in social media you're you're typing, texting, and and sometimes it is more direct. When you're taking it into that kind of more personal world, you can become a little softer, a little less direct, right? A little less confrontational where they have to say yes or no. And, you know, that's different in social media. If you ask somebody a question that's yes or no, I can walk away for three hours, yeah. make up my mind and come back and maybe right. not even come back. Right. But <laughs> right. if you ask it to me in, in kind of a personal process, I then have to make a decision. And if I don't want to offend you, or if it doesn't fit what I'm doing, or I don't want to tell you what I'm doing, why I can't do that, that all kind of puts up a barrier. Right. So sometimes it's how you approach that request that makes the difference, I think. So I think it goes back to like, you know, when you're younger and you're in middle school and there's this girl that you like and you want to ask her to go to the movies and your parents can have to drive you. So it's really weird and awkward, but you know, <laughs> you just, you have to, I guess you have to ask, you just got to do it. You know, yeah. it's almost like one of those things you got to push yourself to do it. Yeah. Where, where some of them will say right? no. And, and a few will say yes. Right? And just take, <laughs> right? I guess that what it really boils down yeah. to is that, is that for the people who are watching and, and listening, if it's uncomfortable, yeah, you know what? It kind of, it is, it is, yeah. I think. Unless you're like this really gregarious extrovert, I think it is a little uncomfortable to do. But it's like one of those things like, you have no choice. I guess you got to do it because if you don't yeah. do it, you're not going to- The alternative is more uncomfortable. Yeah, because you, you're never going to really <laughs> build more of these relationships. Yeah. You have this superficial-ish relationship because you really didn't get to know that person and it's not going to help you as well but if you, you you turn that corner and then maybe you do have that zoom call and, and you have a really nice conversation and you get to know each other and now it's it's great and you have a mutually benefiting relationship uh, but if you never asked it's not going to happen so i guess yeah. it's it's really boils down to and it's tough for people and and, and some others yeah. but it's just one of those it's, things you got to do it i always find right? it fascinating that people who 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 don't have a sales background, yeah. right? In sales 101, you're always taught every no is one step closer yeah. to a yes, right? So if you get a hundred no's, don't yeah. take that personally because you're gonna get one yes, Yes, right? People who don't do sales don't really understand that because they've been a, a different offering, right? And they may have gotten a hundred percent acceptance. It's a different process. So Kevin, I gotta tell you, personal, so, right? it's, so, it's so right, I gotta tell you. I never knew that really until I started recruiting. And then after a while, because you get discouraged, you know, maybe you're trying to get a job order from a company, you don't get it. You're trying to get a candidate, they blow you off and, and so on. 
And then I don't know, I don't even think I found out for myself. I think like maybe one of the senior folks there were said, hey, this is how it works. Yeah, you're going to get rejected way more than you're going to get a positive result. And that's okay. And then the joke becomes exactly what you say. You know, the more no's, the closer you get to yes. Yep. And then once you have that knowledge, Kevin, it was so uplifting because then every, any rejection was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what's yeah, supposed one to happen. Off the list. Yeah, <laughs> a couple more it's almost go. like, yeah, this is what, in fact, I would, it would go to the same degree if like, let's say I would call you to recruit and right away, like, oh yeah, Jack, I'm interested. I'm like, hmm, that was too easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe <laughs> this stuff, and a lot of times it would be like, like, then we would call back and you're like, yeah, I thought about it, Jack, I'm not interested. So it does, it does do that. And I, I, I think for people who are, who are listening, you may think Kevin and I are nuts by bringing it up. You're like, what are you guys talking about? But trust us, if you look at it in those terms, that it's a numbers game, that the more people you try to forge a relationship and forge a connection, the odds are you're going to get a certain percentage who can say yes. You're going to yep. get a lot of people going to say no, probably more people say no. If you have 10 people, what I've always found, this is what I found like with recruiting, which is kind of sales-ish, maybe two people will be really psyched. Oh, great, Jack. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you. Let's talk about this job. You know, let, oh, I, you know, the job you're talking about is fantastic. Or maybe this job isn't great, but you know what? I know you get these cool roles. Let, let's talk. Then you have two who are just going to be like, yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> Put me on your do not call list. <laughs> Don't send me any, you know, two, just whatever. And then, in between, <laughs> and then in between, and then in between, you get a little bit of everything, a yeah. little bit of everything. So my own, I was always thinking, okay, so if I get the first two, I got those. And then, you know, the first two, the other two, not going to get, right? So my numbers are bad. What are we left with? Two, four. So you have six in between. So if I could pick off two or three more in between, that's pretty good odds. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, that's not bad odds. And then you keep doing it. So that's the key too. So you just don't stop. You continually do that. So you keep getting in touch with more people. So the odds are you're going to get more connections. And I think what Kevin is saying, if you could go and target the people who you want to know, Jack, I think you're frozen on my side. Oh, and you want them to know you, and you just say, I'm sorry. Oh, I think my connection here got a little wonky. Can you hear me okay? You froze for a moment. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And I was saying such brilliant stuff. Darn it. <laughs> right, How's that? A, a digital episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <is> yeah. <laughs> now you know I look at the phone to see like, hey, what went wrong? See, you know what? It's you always really the worst facial expression you can be making. Right. Too, right? When it right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Hold that for a couple of minutes. I think right. somebody on the other side goes, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> right. It's the worst. It's the worst face. But the smartest thing you say is when it cuts off, you know? Oh, you know, absolutely. You absolutely. say brilliant. So I don't know if I cut off, but yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's a large numbers game. Um, and how would you want, would you say, hey, you get like 10 companies? Did you have like... Do you have it down to like a science where, okay, pick 10 companies and then within 10 companies, I'm making up a number, you know, find two, three, four people to try to connect with. Do you do something like that? Or how would you, how would you advise people? You know, you absolutely do. And depending on, you know, the market space, right. Might depend on how many of those companies you're going to mm -hmm. target. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's a real refined, if it's, right. you know, AI in Dallas, Texas, you know, that, that's going to be maybe five companies, right? So those are your targets. You might want to expand even further with those you know within. Interesting enough, recruiters within those companies, often they're on LinkedIn and they're like, wow, Jack knows 
15 of our employees. Mm -hmm. So Jack's applying, we better talk to him, right? Now, it may have been just a basic connection at that point, but they see that. They see that you're connected in that, in that way. But, you know, looking at that, I always also look at, you know, right now, a lot of people are jumping industries, right? They're going from, from travel to consumer products. Look for people within those companies who did just that, mm-hmm. as opposed oh, interesting. to- Interesting. Yeah, if you're targeting a consumer goods company and you don't want to really target the people who've always been consumer goods all the way from the very beginning, and that's why they're where they are, you want to find the ones that also were in the travel industry or maybe they were in the hospitality industry most of their career and they made this transition into consumer goods. That's the person that's going to understand you and be able to say, hey, look, this is how I did that. And it's a perfect opening to building that relationship. Hey, I'm really interested in your industry. And I've noticed that you made a transition from an industry that I come from over here. How did you do that? Would you help me understand that? Would you give me some advice on how I might be able to do that? That's a brilliant idea. That can be a a better connection, right? A a, a stronger link than somebody who said, no, you don't have any consumer good stuff. So I really can't help you, right? So find those that are like you that have made the transition. Um, that could be huge. Uh, the other component of it, and people forget this, when you're building a relationship with somebody within inside a company and you've, you get to a point where they're, you're getting to know you, right? And they like you and they think, hey, you're skilled at this. When that opportunity opens up and you're going to ask them, would you push my resume forward, right? To the right people. Also ask them, do you have an employee referral program? Mm-hmm because often people do within companies and they don't even realize it. On average, most companies, it's about $1,500. I was with an organization where it was 10,000. Five grand when they landed in the the company and five grand when they stayed one year. So you know what I did? My first uh, year with this program, I spent my weekends (laughs) actually sourcing people on LinkedIn setting them up for a preliminary interview at Starbucks, right? Prepping them and saying, hey, there's a position I think you're perfect for. Can I help you get into this organization? Yeah. I locked up up 10 of these within the first year. (laughs) Did they charge you and say, all right, Kevin, wait a minute, what's going on? I blew up the program. (laughs) (laughs) They say, wait a Other people are there like, you ruined it, you know? Yeah, like you went all out. That was so smart. That was so smart. that is going on yeah. and people don't realize it. And let's say it is a thousand bucks or 1500 bucks. You know, if that individual wants to get a car for their daughter and, and doesn't quite have the budget right now, or they want to take that fishing trip or whatever it is, that's free money, right? If I already like you, why wouldn't I be a yeah. little extra, you know, because you got to take time out of your work day to really help somebody get into an organization. And so it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. But if I'm all all of a sudden, I'm going to be compensated. If you get in, I'm I'm going to make sure that happens as an employee. And that if you're brought in by a respected employee within an organization that understands your value, HR responds to that. You know, that's, you know, an incredible opportunity and people don't realize it. And, you know, they start these relationships and they just don't go as far as they should because, they can't put that kind of incentive on the table. 
but the company already does. So remember that and make sure, you know, when you're building that relationship and you're getting to that point that you ask that question and they don't have to tell you, but they'll go find out. And usually they'll give you a call right back and say, hey, would you yeah. like to meet for coffee? Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy. That's, you know, it's, it's, that's such great advice because everyone wins. Yeah. So let's say I'm the employee and I know you and I think you're good for it. Hey, that's great. I'm going to help you get in the door, which I would probably do for free anyway, because I like you and I think you're good for yeah. it, but I'll get a little, you know, something for it. You get the job and the company gets someone's like, okay, hey, Jack knows Kevin really well, worked with him in the past, let's say, so we could feel comfortable hiring him because he's kind of come pre-approved. So the company's happy, the hiring manager's happy, the HR person's happy, I'm happy, you're happy. So it's one of those things where it's like, why not? It just makes it so, so, you know, it flows so nicely. It's like starting a fire if you're using accelerant, yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs> and get that fire yeah. going quicker. Do you know, are there are there lists out there? I guess we could Google it to show I, like what I companies actually do that. or working on creating one right now that I hope to bring to LinkedIn uh, as a resource, as an article. You know, people yeah. who are doing this and I've got a list building. Um, there are a couple of resources out there for an individual who wants to look for that. Yeah. I mean, Indeed, right, is, is yeah. one of those. You can go in there and you can look at employee reviews. They also will list if there is a referral program and sometimes the employee will say what that referral is. So there's ways of doing that. Um, but I've always found that, you know, at that point, if you're interested in that company and you're building connections to the company, just ask the connection, right? Cause these things vary, they change all the time. Um, and that's always been the, the tough thing about having a list or going by what's let's say on indeed, because that might've been last quarter's deal, right? doesn't exist anymore. So sometimes it's just better to ask as, as you're processing through. Yeah, but that's good. That's almost great. all companies have some that's kind great, of employee yeah. incentive. You know, sometimes it's a week's worth of vacation. You know, other times it's cash. Sometimes it's uh, you know we'll pay for your your fitness program. You know, um, so there's all sorts of different ways that it's being done. But there's almost every company has some kind of incentive, and some of them, like the opportunity I ran into, were, were ridiculous. <laughs> But that was so awesome. at the same time, yeah. they looked at it and they said, we saved so much money yeah. because we would have hired somebody like Jack yeah. and had to pay him 30 grand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Instead of- I'm sure. And so that's what they, they yeah. thought is we've got a perfect employee. We made another employee happy and we didn't have to pay a recruiter. That's terrible yeah. to say. No, it's true. <laughs> but, oh, I can't tell you how many yeah. times I've lost out for that over the yeah. years because- you know, you may have, you know, the two finalists or three finalists even, and then they say, well, sorry, we have somebody in mind. And then you find out, yeah, it was like an employee referral because for recruiting, it could be 20, 25%, 30% of the base annual salary. So it gets yeah. pricey. And if they could get someone, even for the 10,000 you're talking about, you're saving a whole lot of money. Oh yeah. So, and plus you get that employee referral. So you feel a little bit, you know, company and everybody involved feels a little bit more comfortable with that oh, yeah. kind of scenario. Absolutely. So yeah, it's definitely. And that, that gets around too. One, oh yeah. One employee does that yeah. and gets that nice bonus. <laughs> they, they're telling 10 other employees. Wait, like, now, did you tell people you were doing that or you kept it your secret? You, when you when you were doing that side hustle, were you telling people? I didn't people tell anybody doing... at the time. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> Until I blew the program up. And now I think it's uh, three grand is what yeah. it is total. Yeah. 1,500 and then 1,500. So, hey, hey, this is crazy. An hour just flew by. Did you have a couple more minutes? Because I just have like yeah, a, another absolutely. question. Hey, thanks. So where do you see like the market from, because I'd imagine you speak to all types of people in your line of work. 
what's your take on what you're hearing and what what they're kind of thinking is going to happen you know next three six months and and i'm not saying you have to have a crystal ball it's just kind of what what vibe you're picking up you know mostly positive if i can put That's it good. that way um, you know there's still there's so many changes going on right. even today right but i think uh because of what's going on uh, today was the, what the first largest drop they've had in COVID cases, right? I didn't know Companies that. are watching good. that. It, it dropped 30%. Wow. And also death rates dropped as well. And places like, um, you know, California, which was just a hot spot is now a warm spot, you know? So right. good news in that sense, companies see those kind of things. Companies see people getting back to business, you know, traveling now, uh, staying in hotels, right? Going to events. They see all those things coming and they know because they've tightened the ship up over the last year, they've got to now start bringing people in. So we're seeing a lot of positive momentum and we saw a lot of landing in this last month uh, to opportunities that, that were still kind of closed, you know, uh, just a few months ago. That's and fantastic. so I, I see it as, as a positive move forward. And where does it go? I don't know. But, uh, you know, we're hearing good things. We're getting uh, clients with a lot of uh, interview process and, and a lot of them are landing. So we're, we're excited. That's right. Is it any particular sectors or it's a, you know, across? Well, in, in our particular market, it's, it's certainly not the airline industry yet. Yeah. <laughs> right? We've got uh, Southwest here and American Airlines. Yeah. And, you know, we've gone through a process of helping many of them find a new industry. So, you know. Ultimately, I think that that will come back and that will change. Uh, but you know, if you think about the industries that that have had the heaviest impact, you know, travel, hospitality, restaurant, you know, those are going to be the the slower ones to recover, right? They've got to again get everybody else back to work before they really start to pick up again. And uh, things like travel industry, as far as business travel, which was always where the money was made, right? It wasn't made on the vacationers. It's made on the business travel. Um, I don't know how much of that's going to come back. So, you know, a lot of people that are in that industry are looking to do just what we talked about earlier, and that's transition into another industry where they know their skills are valuable. And, you know, go, going back to that networking thing, find people who've done it before so they can help you move into it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you just have to, you have to think more cleverly, I think, in this process, but uh, everybody, I think, has a good idea of what industries are affected and which ones are going to be slower to come back. So I wouldn't focus in those if you're already in them. You might want to look at, you know, how do I transition into something that's been more stable? Have you find have you found over your career um, a lot of success in people transitioning from one industry to the other? Absolutely, and and yeah. you know that's my background. I've I actually have done five pivots in my career. Mm -hmm all successful in, in the process. Some were stimulated by massive let goes in organizations. Other ones I did by choice, right? And uh, I always think you, you shouldn't take advice from somebody who hasn't done it, right? <laughs> who just says you can do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, take advice from somebody who's done it. And you know that's one of those things. And that's how I get passionate about it and how I think about it, I think differently than most because I've been able to do it. And so, you know, a lot of the techniques that work in the real world, work in the digital world, work in the future world, right? Because we're all humans, we all respond basically the same way and you just have to change your approach. 
Yeah. See, this is one of the one of the many reasons why I love talking to people like yourself, because oftentimes, and we're all like this, we we know our world. And let's say from the recruiting world, it's very specific. Like we were talking earlier on in the conversation about branding yourself. When company wants to use the service of a recruiter and gonna pay for it, they don't have any time for nonsense. They want to find exactly, exactly, exactly what they want. Exactly. So when it comes time for to transition, if I'm going, hey, Kevin was in the airlines industry, but here's why he could be good for Wall Street. They're like, Jack, come on. what, what yeah. are you talking? You know, what are you doing? You're this is not what find the purple exactly. the pink one's not going to do. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so we all lack having, you know, we all have like a blind spot because you just know what you're doing. So it's good to hear yeah. from what you're saying. That's really encouraging that people are, you are seeing people in the airline industry, other in industries in Texas who are able to pivot, reinvent themselves, yeah. you know, you, you know, and find, and I love that hack to kind of you know find someone who did the same thing you did. So you kind of yeah. build that rapport, that bond right away. That's brilliant. That's so cool. And the, the other thing too, and you you know this, when you get a rejection, that, mm -hmm. that no out of the, the group to get you the yes, don't forget about the people who said no to you. Respond back to them. Thank them for their time. Offer help, you know, finding what they need. Um, build a relationship even with the person who said no, because no just means no, not today. Exactly. And you, you probably run into that all the time. Of course, and it yeah. Isn't the purple squirrel, but they're another kind of squirrel that you'd like to have a little later on. All if the they time. blow you off or they say something rude or like Jack, uh, you know, whatever, you know, right. that's <laughs> right. You're not ever going to deal with them again. But if they send you a thank you, I really appreciate it. And hey, if anything ever comes up where you need this, this, and this, I'm your guy. And otherwise, I know people in these areas and I know you're looking for those people. Let me know and I'll help you. Right now you remember them. And so never yeah. forget the no's because you can convert them one day into the yes. You know what? It's That's so no important. That's so important. I'm so glad you brought it up because yeah, I could tell you real life experience happens all the time. You could have somebody who blows you, it seems like they're blowing you off, but then maybe a week, month, a year later, we'll come back and say, hey, let's let's talk. Because as yeah. you point out, it, it wasn't a no. It was like a no. I can't quote you exactly. What was it was like a no, not right now. And now they're ready. And if I would have just wrote them off, we never would have had that next conversation and, and so on. So yeah. And I think sometimes what happens if if you go to your point, if you say, you know, someone says no to you, you say, thank you. That's okay. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like, and I always see this, you see on Shark Tank and something when they say they don't give you the deal and they still say, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. You keep, you're building that rapport because, okay, maybe not this time, but there could be another time. Yeah. And I think the recipient of that, tell me if this makes sense, Kevin, probably gives you a little bit more respect. You know what I mean? Because it catches their attention. Like, huh, I said, no, but wow, they were, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they were the bigger person in the sense of like, okay, you said, no, but that's cool. That's fine. I still want to engage. Yeah, and tomorrow and that, an opportunity might come exactly. to you where you look back and yeah. go, hey, Kevin was perfect for that. Yeah. Now I can call him and he wasn't rude to me. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right? hey, but I'm not calling Bob because Bob <laughs> let me have it. You know what? If, if someone was rude, I'll still get paid. All right. <laughs> I'll let it go. I'll be cool. You know, it's all, that's all right. Water under the bridge. It's fine. <laughs> you can polish them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all right. I'll take Just it. Just don't do it to the client. Yeah, exactly. I'll take it. Hey, Eddie, so was there anything I didn't ask you or anything else that you'd like to share share with everybody? Oh boy, we could probably do 10 more of these. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we did a lot today. We, we yeah. covered a lot today. Well, thanks. There's a lot. You know, um, 
a lot of people who do these other LinkedIn lives will field a lot of questions. Uh, we did get some questions, and then if you don't mind, maybe what we could do is when we we upload it again on we'll do it Friday or so. Usually, um, I could I could share the questions people had, and maybe you know we could go back and answer some That'd of be it. Because I find out for me it gets a little distracting. If you know what I mean, I'm I'm stopping the conversation. I don't know how people do yeah. both of those things. I, I just yeah. don't know how. And there's I, some I people are yeah. incredible at it. I prefer having the conversation like you and I have it. You know what I mean? Like you're engaged, you're in the moment, you're focused on it, you know, you don't get distracted. I find out that's always the best way in my just in my own experience, where you can really draw from somebody by giving them the platform, letting them talk, letting them give advice. And I think for the listener and people who are watching it, it it's more meaningful because it's not interrupted. You get that flow. You know, you get that steady Absolutely. flow. So, Absolutely. so I really appreciate. It. I, I was taking notes to go through it, man. You went, we went over a lot of stuff. I, I don't even want to recap it because, look, it's a whole page of stuff. So I'm not going to even buy, recap it. But you gave some really, really insightful advice and guidance and suggestions and ideas. So this is the kind of thing that I encourage people, you know, to who even if you watch it now, watch it again because you know this way you can fast forward to the points where you're like, oh yeah, he talked about this. I want to hear it again. And that's why I think these things are so valuable and so important, Absolutely. so helpful, because, you know, this is real actionable advice. You know, a lot of times people give advice and I'm not saying this to make you feel good. I'm just being really honest. A lot of times people give advice and I don't mean in this platform, just in general. And it's like, what am I going to do with it? It's not, you know, it's just, you know, it's, you're just saying stuff. It's not, it's, it, but what you're giving is real tangible advice. You know, it's like an action plan. Here are things you could do. This is what you do. And it works. And you've been doing this a long time. It worked both in your personal life when you transition and you switch jobs and, you know, you have to do, you know, change, change your, your work life. But it also works as a career expert and a branding expert. So, so these are good things that you could walk away with and learn from. And I think, I think the most valuable thing I walked away from, Kevin, is this. Being a little sensitive to the fact that getting a lot of people are scared to get the no so they don't do anything. And to take that chance, find the people that you want to connect with, be brave enough to try, because as you pointed out, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, it's a, it's a law of large numbers. If you keep trying and trying, yeah. you get enough people to say yes, that'll make it work. And I think that's like Absolutely. that kind of mantra. It's almost like a mantra they could use when they're going through it. You know, okay, it's a no, but I'm close. To, it's a no, yeah. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And it'll happen. Yeah. So that's, I think that's really, really good sound practical advice that people who are going through it it's one of those nuggets that's in your head that now if you're getting no's you're not going to freak out too much or worry about it because you go eventually i'm going to get that yes and we both know sometimes all you need is that one yes right Absolutely. that's it that one Absolutely. and you're good so and you'll forget about all the no's right is it true <laughs> right right you forget you're like it's water it's it's water yeah. under the bridge you, you forgot about it so thank you so this was really great kevin i really appreciate it how can people reach you what's the best way for them to find you on LinkedIn, LinkedIn? Uh, okay. my URL is president on the end. So fairly simple, okay. right? LinkedIn.com slash in slash president. Okay. Believe and we'll not, share I come that. Up for a lot of search results for president of LinkedIn. Doesn't <laughs> hurt. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> cool, right? Branding, back to, you know, driving yeah. the traffic, right? Yeah. That's the easiest place to find me or just type Perfect. in Kevin D. Turner. I use the D so that when I get bot emails, it says Kevin D. And I know it's a bot. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, Excellent. That's my built-in filter. But uh, love to connect, uh, love to follow, love to be followed, uh, and contribute. And so, you know, I welcome anybody out there who wants to collaborate and uh, kind of build this knowledge and share it with with everyone. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You, 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 were, you were terrific. I really appreciate your time, Kevin. Mac, I truly appreciate uh, it. It's oh, been my, fun. My pleasure. Take care. All right. All take right, care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.